Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Right! Start the podcast, go, clap board. Welcome to Adjust Your Tracking. This is a podcast where we, two people from UK United Kingdom of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, are going to go through loads of films from 100 years and we're going year by year, decade by decade. And this year we're doing 1995 and this is a film <laughs> neither of us have seen. I think that's all the points. That is the point of the whole podcast. I'm Liam. I'm Ollie. Liam's got the giggles. And I'm no good at introducing a podcast. <laughs> well, I might cut in one of the old ones then. <laughs> no, that's staying. It's brilliant. It's natural. People like natural. It's natural. Natural, yeah. I need to shut down my PhD. Hang on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now we're ready to record. How's the PhD going, by the oh, way? Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's it's been I've had a really shitty year with it. I've just been in like the wrong headspace all year. So Why don't you been... inform the listeners what you're doing, by the way? Just oh, so that you... might help. I am doing a PhD in archaeology. I am doing it on. I'm an early medieval archaeologist, which means nothing to most people. But that's the period after the Romans leave, but before the Normans appear. That's the bit I'm interested in. People know that. And I'm looking at uh, particularly. I look at Mercia which is the central kingdom of England. And particularly I'm interested in King Offa and Offa's Dyke, which is a massive earthwork that was built in what is now the Welsh Borderlands. And I do loads of fancy stuff with computers about it. That's basically it. Yeah. I talk about it enough that I should be able to get it down quite extinct. <laughs> but but it's not, it's not, this is not an archaeology podcast, even though maybe we'll have a spin-off. Like... Did you have a nice Easter holiday? I mean, it's all a holiday at the moment. Yeah, but, sort uh... of holiday. Um, actually, I uh, I did something really, really nerdy. What's I, uh, that? I decided that I was going to have a hashtag lean Easter. Ah, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. And I, I watched all of David Lean's films. <laughs> I can join you in on one of those. <laughs> Which one? I watched, I watched. well, I watched uh, Lawrence of Arabia was on Easter Sunday. So, oh, was uh, it? See? So I watched that. I mean, about, I've seen it before, but... It's all about lean I mean, Easter. Where do you stand on that film? Because it's an amazing film. I think it's a masterpiece. But it's got some very questionable yeah. things in this day and age. I mean, Alec Guinness is incredible in that film. He but is he's also blacked up. He's also in blackface. <laughs> which you can't... Cannot say anything. You have to fucking mention it. You can't just ignore yeah. the fact that he's in blackface. Alec Guinness likes blackface. He's in a lot of blackface <laughs> in, like, in David Lean films. Um, he's... He's it's very so, good in that film, though. He's really good. He's a great actor. Um, it's I like. I, I Lawrence of Arabia is a masterpiece. I think though, there's room now to remake it. I think his think story. So? Yeah, I think his story is interesting enough, and they don't kind of really get it there. Also, the story of like the Arabian Revolt at the time or the Arab Revolt isn't told in that film. It's like a. It's a really colonial film. It's about the white man's like influence in 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 this orient orientalism in like Arabia and right. actually if you retold it now the story of King Faisal and the story of his armies and stuff like that would be a really interesting story to tell and have Lawrence in it I think right I think that might be a really interesting kind of actual angle to take it plus they don't get into the fact that he's 
he was an archaeologist. He did loads of archaeology work out, out in the Middle East. Um, they don't get into the fact that he was gay and very open about it. They kind of, you know, David at all plays him a little kind of a little effeminate, I guess. But well, when did the film come out? Like sixty five? Is, is it or sixty five? Something like that. Yeah. Seven. Anyway, yeah, but I mean, you know, those things weren't necessarily talked about. And no, exactly. <laughs> but that's what I mean. I think there's time for there's t- there's time. There might be time to go I mean, back to it and make a good film. Actually, was it still illegal in America at that point? Or... In nineteen sixty two, probably. I, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, though, the the way that film shot is incredible. Every shot is breathtaking. It is. Um, you like, you wonder how they made like the way they make films now and the way they've made films back then. Like, yeah. you, you can understand why they were probably on set for 250 yeah. days making that film much, you know what I mean? That's why I wanted to watch all David Lean's films. No one makes films like him anymore. Like, in um in Ryan's Daughter, the one set in Ireland, he built a fucking village to shoot a film in. <laughs> you know, in Passage to India, he went to the caves. The, they're fictional caves in the film, but they're based on real caves. He went to the real caves and thought they weren't nice enough, so he built his own caves somewhere in India. Like, it's... it's in- Incredible, like, and no, no one does that anymore. No one even go anywhere near doing that kind of stuff. And that man can shoot a train. I tell you, he likes shooting trains. Like. <laughs> I love though in Lawrence of Arabia though. You've got two two colors basically in the whole sc- the whole time in the film. You've got blue sky, and then white, and that's it. It's just the whole way through the whole film. And that's what it looks like. But it's amazing. It is. It's and brilliant. I love. And they really get like... his egotism through as well. That's what I like about it. They really do show him to be a bit of a dick. And I, I like that because he wasn't a nice guy, really. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you what else I watched, which I think, cinematography-wise, was definitely inspired by David Lean's films. And I watched all the Indiana Jones films, and especially oh, the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But um, I still love those films. Yeah. They hold up so well. I think, in, in my opinion, I don't know about you, they... The first one is the best, yes. and it goes the second Raiders and the third. I think they go in order for me personally. Oh, I don't know. I've got a really, they... I really love the third one. A don't lot, get me... I do so. love it, but I still prefer. I think the thing with the third one, they make him a bit more of a buffoon. Yeah, like like indie. I find the kind of indie stuff of a little difficult to watch in the second one. It's a little. It's very David Leaney the way he just shoots, like. Like the the native population is just an on mass, like yeah. and and they're very primitive and very kind of clawing, and it's that's it's very David Lean actually it is. I never really thought also, about that before, but also I have a feeling several of the people at the in the end battle are probably blacked up. Probably, I have a feeling. Probably, probably. I'm not going to take that away from them. like. There's a good possibility. Um, but I also watched the fourth one as well. Oh man, that film! See, when I saw it at the cinema crystal skulls i thought and it's it's not bad but it's not good and then i watched it again and i thought no this is all the way bad oh, i've heard some people kind of re re evaluate it. re-evaluate it and i no, i'm not on board i'm not on board at all it's no. it, it's not it doesn't i don't know it doesn't flow right and it might just be that those three films should have been made when they were made and that's it there's no like and going back to it so much later it didn't, it didn't they weren't like the filmmakers weren't in the same frame of mind and they weren't oh, yeah. shooting the same stuff and i just don't think it works well i mean the first three films were the same cinematographer forgotten his name but he only died a few years ago and he was 103 years old so he was so he was oh, an old boy when whoa. he directed those films yeah and um but they have this really cool dusty kind of lived in feel yeah whereas 
Crystal Skulls is shot by Janis yeah. Kaminsky, and he's very like saturated and like crushed blacks and stuff. And yeah, I don't think that works for for Indy. He should feel dusty and I don't know. Indy, I think as you say, the the first the first three have a very David Lean esque quality to them. They feel like they're shot in the landscape. They feel like they really have like a physicality to it. And the fourth one, they feel like a set film. It feels like a more more like oh, a nineteen fifties yeah. kind of like action adventure film well i guess than, that's probably what they what were going they're for. trying to be yeah but there is that def- there is that difference like spielberg did shoot the first three in that kind of grand-esque style and not that kind of tv style really or or close-up style it makes me wonder what they're going to do for the fifth one i don't know because spielberg's not directing it now no. Sp- lucas has got no involvement in it no um harrison ford is going to be about 80 by the time they start to shoot it <laughs> And does that if they're going in with the real time thing, is it going to be the late seventies or early eighties when it's sure. set? And I don't think I want to watch Indiana Jones in that setting. No, no. I mean, is, no, I don't. Is he going to be wearing flares and dancing to disco? Or something? <laughs> well, see, then I have to properly start critiquing his ethics in his in his archaeology as well. When it when it's like round the wars, I can be like, yeah, it's fucking ages ago they were idiots. But when it coming up to like modern day, I'm like he knows better at this point than what yeah. he's doing and i don't want to so, get into that with indy like because if they go in if they're going in the sci-fi route with crystal skulls because it's like the late 50s yeah. early 60s what would be the genre that they're kind like of in the 70s eight oh god i don't know um is it is it going to start eating itself then because that's when you get into the time yeah. when raiders comes out <laughs> and star wars comes out so is it like you know or Robert Ross or whatever, where it's maybe, like... This... Is it maybe like a John Carpenter-esque type stuff? Like, more kind of maybe. horror and more more, <laughs> more things. Like horror but I sci-fi. Do like the, I like the director they've got, though. It's the guy, James Marigold, Man, Mangold? Mangold, Mangold, I love James Mangold, yeah. yeah. I really so, do. Yeah. Oh, and I also watched Willy Wonka. What do you think of it? What do you think of it? That, f- that film is just bizarre. It's... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, but there's that one sequence when they're on the boat, and then all of a sudden it cuts to these horrific images of giant millipedes on people's faces and blood oh, yeah. and scream. It's so weird. Oh, it's like yeah. a proper sixties, seventies trip out. Like yeah. alternative movie is weird, really weird. It'll be interesting when we get to the seventies. Actually, seventies films are weird. They they do do stuff like that all the time. But that said, Gene uh, Wilder in that film is incredible. Yeah, he's he so is. good as Willy he Wonka. Is. It's maybe the is it the best he's ever been? I'm not sure. That yeah, that fair? and Young Frankenstein. Young good. Frankenstein, yeah. Blazing Saddles and, is great. And uh, hear no evil, see no evil. <laughs> I was going to say the producers, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention one more um, uh, David Lean film actually as well. Oh, go on. Yeah, uh, it's based on a H.G. Wells script, but it's not sci-fi, which I didn't know he wrote anything that wasn't sci-fi. Which my that's my ignorance, but it's called the Passionate Friends, and it's after he made Brief Brief Encounter, he did okay. this, and it's basically a uh, Anne Todd is married to Claude Rains. I fucking love Claude Rains. I think he's my favorite kind of at that forties actors. He's the right. one who's he's in a lot of stuff. You'd have to look him up, but he always kind of he plays a lot of like nazis but not nazis in uniform it's like a gentleman nazi in like london or america kind of stuff and, right. and he's in like he's in like hitchcock notorious and stuff and he's got this really like solid hard edge to him and they're married and then and todd on a holiday to switzerland 
which I've never seen anyone more happy on a plane. It's so fucking funny. She's so like smiley <laughs> on a plane and she's so happy she gets cream with a coffee and stuff like that. She meets an old boyfriend and they start an affair up basically. But then the film tells you about their affair they had like nine years ago. So this film from 1949 is doing all this like temporality in its storytelling and switching between kind of almost dream-esque storytelling and, and historical storytelling which I just was really impressed by and it really captivated me. But the really thing that took me took me aside was right at the end, Cloud Rains is playing this kind of really stiff banker type and he's really boring and and when when their affairs revealed, he's kind of like, look, you know, I, I know we married more out of convenience, but I ended up falling in love with you kind of thing. And suddenly Cloud Rains, this actor that I always think is like the most hard-edged person in the world, puts on this like tour de force of like emotional acting and stuff and i was just captivated by it It worked for me so fucking well which surprised the heck out of me i have to say i'll have to check that out so was this like um david lean viewing spawn by anything was it anything that kind of not really i i was being i kind of realized he's just one of these directors i haven't seen much of really i've seen like lawrence arabia and i've seen bridge of the river kwai but then all his other stuff I haven't really touched. And I think he's one of, he's like, I don't know, argument to say the best British director. I don't, but I, I don't really know him that well. So See, I I haven't seen enough of his stuff to to say otherwise. Mm. But um, I was going to say, the only other thing I've watched, which you might be interested in, have you ever, have you heard of Shudder? The, like, the subscription-based, yes. like, horror channel. Yeah, the horror channel, yeah. So there's a, my favourite podcast is called the Film Junk Podcast, and yep. um, there's a one of the the hosts on that is a guy called Jay Cheel, and he's a filmmaker, and he's got a series that just came out on Shudder. Okay, and, it, and it's called Cursed Films. Okay, and uh, the first few, the first like five episodes, they focus on um, The Exorcist, The Crow, The Twilight Zone, the movie, Poltergeist, and there's something else, but. I've only just watched The Exorcist one and I re-watched The Exorcist to go alongside of it and it's really quite fascinating and interesting to to go behind the scenes well not behind the scenes but kind of talk, not just about the actual curse of like the action because you know they say that The Exorcist was a cursed film yeah about yeah. production but it kind of goes into the other edge end of it so you actually start to follow a real guy doing exorcisms and stuff like that it's quite interesting okay but you get free um, if you haven't subscribed to it. I think you can get like thirty days free, so it's well worth um, subscribing just to check that out. That and he's good. a fantastic documentarian. Like he did one called Beauty Day, which is really good. Oh yeah, about, Beauty Day's good. Yeah, yeah. It's about this kind of like he's like the original jackass kind yeah. of guy, and he had like a cable yeah. access show in Canada. A lot of him ca- jumping off roofs, isn't it? And in and well, that's how it starts. It starts off with the footage of him jumping off this incredibly high ladder into his pool but he that's missed right. his pool and breaks his neck and almost like drowns in the yeah, pool. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um then he did another one which you probably like it's called How to Build How to Build a Time Machine. How to build a time machine. I haven't actually watched it but I do. I and do it focuses it. on two people and they're both obsessed for different reasons. So the one guy is obsessed with making the most screen accurate <laughs> um HG Wells time machine from the original movie. But he's gotten to the point where his version of the time machine is even grander than the prop from the film because the prop would probably use like i don't know mdf or some cheap sure. wood and just paint it yeah he's used like the most lavish wooden painting okay. materials and then the other guy is a guy who's obsessed with figuring out actually how to how time travel can actually work because he wants to go back in time 
and save his dad. It's quite heartwarming. It's okay. quite. It's really interesting. That sounds really cool. I love time it's, travel. It's like one of my favourite kind of tropes. Yeah. So I should check it out. Like, that sounds really cool. Although I'm not much into HD World stuff. I was talking no. about it the other day. Not really. I just find those old sci-fi stories to be really, I don't know, just, I guess, just racist, I guess. Like, it's just, it's always just about how much the English are very good at stuff and other people are wrong. <laughs> so like... did, did you see the recent War of the Worlds adaptation on BBC One? No, no. The last it was, one I watched with Tom Cruise. pretty boring. Which I love, but I didn't even know. Do you? Yeah, I really like Tom Cruise's one. I, I I find that film fascinating because it's interesting to watch Tom Cruise try and portray a real human being. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking like, hilarious at like, the beginning when like he's trying to be like a mechanic. Yeah, like, yeah you like, don't know anything yeah. about this. Tom You're not Cruise. a real person, Tom. What are you kidding? <laughs> I think I hate it when it came out, but then I kind of fell in love with Tom Cruise at some point. I fell in love with like old Tom Cruise, and now going back to Tom Cruise films, I like them a little more. I don't know what it well, is. I like him because he's like. The epitome of a Hollywood act, like perfect. What mm. are you chewing on there? You got a bacon sandwich or something? Mm-hmm. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I know we shouldn't eat a mic, so I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> you finished masticating. I have. Go on. I was, you were telling me how uh, amazing Tom Cruise was. Oh no! Yeah, I, was, I think I was done. <laughs> oh, oh. Have Tom you seen Cruise the film he did called? I think made. I think it's called American Made. Yes, I did. That I love that really film. film. Yeah, yeah. When he's the drug dealer or money launderer. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. That was fantastic. That's a great film. I'll tell you another he's film a... I watched, actually. You will love this yeah, yeah. and you have to watch it. Uh, the Long Goodbye. Uh, Long Goodbye. Directed by Robert Altman. Oh, uh, okay. Starring Elliot Gould as the main character. Ah. Honestly, mate, it's fucking epic. It's fucking brilliant. Elliot Gould is amazing. He's absolutely fucking amazing in this film. The whole start sequence when he's... um. His cat's bothering him, and he has to go feed his cat. It's just him, Elliot Gould, and a cat is the entire scene for ages. And he and Elliot Gould is just captivating on it, and he's so fucking funny. And he's yelling at the cat, and he makes him some shit food with like cottage cheese to try and get the cat to eat something. So, what like spawned his career? Was it Mash or something, or was he pr- was he in, he was in Mash, wasn't he? I think he was in Mash. Though I never really watched Mash, so I'm not sure. Yeah, it wasn't was a thing Mash. that was massive over here, was no. it? Really? Yeah, he was in Mash. Yeah, definitely. But this, it's, it's kind of like he's playing really hard-nosed uh, P.I., but but he's really funny. He's really, like, witty and funny in it, um, really, like, sarcastic, and I, he's just he's just perfect. I, I, I have trouble. I For years, he was just Ross's dad to me. Ross is a Monica's dad. <laughs> and now watching this film, I'm like, I want to see more Elliot Gould. I'll have to check that one out, actually. That sounds good. It is. It's really, really good. I think you'll like it as well, because it's... I love those 70s kind of PI films and stuff, and this is perfect. So, um, should we get into our main topic of the day? Yeah, so we're we're moving on to, I think it's 1995. I shouldn't say I think. I should know. No, you, I know. <laughs> I know for a fact. I know for a fact it's 1995. I don't know because I get confused, but I know for a fact it's 1995. Um, so what did I come... 1995 is a bit of an odd year for films, really. It's a film that I, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of kind of thoughts about 95, but like the big films of that year were shit like Braveheart and Apollo 13, and I, I hate those films. <laughs> I really don't like Apollo 13 oh. at all. Like, well, I, I watched it for the first time last year. Well, I say that we hired it out when I was a kid when it first. Yeah, came me out. too. Yeah, totally. And I was halfway through watching it with the family, and we got this weird phone call, and it turned out. 
Like it, all we heard on the phone was, <gasps> and it turned out it was my nan, and she'd fallen down the stairs, and she Fuck. was really ill. Fuck. And, and we never, and so I never finished watching the film. So I thought, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch. God, this. that gives some associations. And so then I watched it, and I was like. It's all right. <laughs> it's, I find it so boring. Yeah, it's all right. I guess is the yeah. I don't understand why it's so was so loved. It still is. People tell you that it's like Tom Hanks's best film. I'm like, it's not no. close. <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> Joe versus that volcano. Is... Burbs. <laughs> like... We should rewatch that because that is a weird, weird film. It's almost Charlie Kaufman like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I actually watched, rewatched it not too long ago, but I'm up for rewatching it at any point. Because um. Yeah, what's her name? Pays three different characters in it, doesn't she? Um, oh yeah, weird. Weird. Um, that is a weird. Ron thing. Howard, though, man, he just makes kind of. Ron Howard just makes whatever script's given to him. I swear, he, he just falls over scripts. Like his best film for me is probably Parenthood. Oh God, maybe Splash is good. Splash is really good, especially the new edit. The new edit really saves it. <laughs> you were sending me pictures of that where they completely <laughs> cropped out a bum. And it's like, is a bum that offensive? <laughs> explain explain what you're on about. <laughs> yeah, so Disney Plus have either a long... So in the film Splash, he's naked in a fair few of the early scenes. But you don't really see much, just a bit of a just bum, see a I think. bum. That's all we... and, um, You see a bum so when the... she goes visit the um, Statue of Liberty. And then, yeah, because she's a mermaid and she's, she's come a, out of the water. Yeah, and at the end when she runs off, you yeah. don't. She's got a long wig that's kind of attached to her bum, even in the original. Yeah, but, yeah and they've but they've added digital hair to it to make it even longer, or they've just completely cropped it out. It's so bad. It but doesn't you know, move. It just kind of like a block of hair that kind of just yeah. like <laughs> kind of swings back and forth. Imagine being the compositor who gets that job. Right, your job is to cover up Daryl Daryl Hannah's cheeks. Imagine being a child in 2020 and putting on Disney Plus and then seeing a bum. I mean, it would really, <laughs> shock. It would just ruin mean, you, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> I've been trying to think. I've been trying to think what he's. I think, I think his best film is Ed TV. Mm. I think that's the one I like most from him. It's all right. It kind. Of, I think that came out at the same time as Truman Show. And, Definitely. And Truman Show was just a better. It's a much better film. It's a better film. It's kind of Ed TV was a bit precedent. If you watch it now, it really is really quite. You know, it did really kind of describe where we're heading with shit. Oh yeah. In in more so than Truman Show does. So that's Matthew McConaughey and. Um, yeah. Isn't um. Jenna Woody. Elfman, isn't it? And Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And isn't Ellen is it in it as well? Possibly. Ellen DeGeneres. DeGeneres? Can never say her name. I don't know. Woody, um, oh, Woody Allen. Who am I about? Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. I don't know. I've got. I've got. Because I'm. I'm terrible at just looking through uh, Wikipedia and just going. Yep, that film came out. That film came out. That film came out. <laughs> so I've just got a list of a few films that spring to my mind. Okay. From this year. So. Okay, this is the first film that I think I, I wouldn't say foot. I kind of talked myself into liking. Okay. Like after I saw it, this because I I should have. This should be a film that I should have loved, but I didn't. And I think I was correct in that assessment. But Batman Forever, uh... I kind of like fooled myself into pretending I liked it. And even when I think back to the first time I saw it in the showcase cinemas, I knew I didn't like it. Really. Yeah. I keep thinking about Batman Forever. I think, I don't know. It's, 
it's really interesting the middle of the 90s this batman film comes out there's no other superhero films really that are doing any type money and this huge film comes out right in the middle of the 90s that's not tim burton anymore because that was what 92 was that returns yeah and it's funny that the 90s are dominated by these huge batman films and batman forever is a big rubbery campy film like (laughs) jim carrey is insane in it and tommy lee jones is so it's so weird that they put tommy lee jones and jim carrey together they hated each other didn't they like tommy lee jones couldn't stand him well i think it was more the other way yeah it was just more that tommy lee jones hated jim carrey yeah yeah it's like who's this buffoon like why is this fucking like but but it seems to me that like tommy lee jones didn't even bother looking at the source material. Oh, I doubt it, yeah. And was just like, well, Jack Nicholson did this, so I'm just going to do the same. I'm just going to do it, yeah. And like, he just keeps flipping the coin no matter what, just to get the result he wants. I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> Two-Face. I haven't I haven't gone back to watch Batman Forever. I was kind of, you know, we've, we've been discussing maybe doing a film at the end of the 90s that we've what we both know really well. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe... <laughs> Batman Forever might be one on that list. Like, I'll do Batman Forever. <laughs> so I'm really interested to see if it works or not, or if I but enjoy you know, it. I kind of think... Because I did love I don't it. Know, I don't know if this is fair, but Batman Robin might be a better film in terms of it knows exactly what it is. Right. And just plays to that. Whereas Batman Forever is just all over the fucking shop. Yeah, because Schumacher is not really knowing if he should be doing a Tim Burton type thing in it and he's kind of pushing towards this kind of wacky really camp stuff yeah but he, batman and robin has the alfred illness which is the worst plot line in the <laughs> fucking world <laughs> that gif you sent me was amazing where uh robin opens the door <laughs> and it's a giant bat girl and it looks like she's a giant because he's like looking up at her like, the way they film like? it he's he's like he's like in a wide shot and she's in a close-up yeah. it's really bizarre and he's looking really tire fatter though like, oh, why is giant <laughs> back um other films that came out that year so toy story is massive like yeah it, toy start, it's, but, yeah. it changed everything it changed the world yeah it really yeah. did uh like what do you think like have you gone back to try and watch toy story yeah i think it still holds up in terms of a story and you think it kind of looks like ass Am I allowed to say that? A little bit. It kind of. I, what I'd love them to do is, you know, how they're doing like, um, they'll get an old video game and they'll kind yeah, of up yeah. the res. Final Fantasy like VII's just come out. Hasn't yeah, it? just do that with Toy Story. Yeah. Just update it every just, few years with new textures. Just run it through the render of Toy Story Four. Let's just get yeah. it looking like that. Because like, I think Toy Story, Toy Story Two looks a lot like Toy Story One, but Toy Story Three and Four <sighs> still look look amazing. Like three looks yeah. good, but Four yeah. is incredible. Four's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's funny, See, have you ever gone back and w- looked at like Ice Age, which just looks like a Flash movie now? It looks so, it's so hard to make anything out. I'm sure I saw recently, the other day, someone has taken every shot of the child and has redone the face of the child on every shot, <laughs> really? just for fun. Because <laughs> if you look at that child, it looks terrible. It's a monster. The plot of that film is basically Monsters, Inc. I, I couldn't tell you at all about it's back it. It's taking I, I, I a child back home. I know that has a, has a nut. Isn't that in it? Well, the squirrel isn't even part of the story, really. He's like he's like a little Looney Tunes thing that pops up every now and again just to kind of... Scrat? away from the main... Yeah. Something yeah. Like Didn't they make a Scrat solo picture? Mm, no, I don't think so. They may have mm. done short films or something. Maybe short films. But other films that spring to mind. City of the Lost Children. 
Oh, shit, yeah. Die oh, Hard shit. with a Vengeance. <laughs> Die Hard with Vengeance. I was going to say Die Hard with Vengeance. It's such... That is an iconic film for me. That was a big film in 95. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just... It did everything. It's got everything in that film does. I think it kind of almost ruined... Um, kind of action films after it as well because everyone just wanted to try and do Die Hard with a Vengeance do like yeah. kind of the, the playing games and stuff like that another film this year Seven's the same thing Seven ruined crime cop dramas oh yeah it just not well ruined is is hard to say but yeah everyone just couldn't not do Seven after Seven yeah, all, came out yeah all intro sequences yeah. were like the Seven intro sequence and yeah and it had that kind of insipid green yellowy yeah. kind of visuals to it a kind of uh, the kind of preachy, kind of half religious tones, kind of creepy, kind of like um, yeah, like kiss the girls or whatever they're yeah, called. All those Morgan Freeman well. ones. And yeah, it was just it just took off, and every film was like that. I'm trying to think of some of the ones, uh, Casino was a good one. Oh sure, Casino came out this year. Yeah, um, more more rats came out. Did it? Was ninety five. Yeah, and then my favourite. My favourite, Major Pain. <laughs> did Major Pain come out this year? <laughs> we did. Did we watch that? We hired. Did we hire that out? We did. No, copied it on my with my two cassette tape recorders side by side. Wait, wait what did you used to do? Well, there was two options I used to do. So I used to get two cassette tape players, VCR players, and you'd hook them up with a scarp scart lead. And press play on one and record on the other. Failing that though, because some videos had like a a piracy scrambler on it. Oh yeah. And so, if you copied it that way, the copied video would be completely scrambled. So what I'd do was <laughs> I would set the camcorder up in front of the TV, make everybody in the house be quiet for two hours while I recorded a film. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, I was recording Dumb and Dumb and my dad came home once and I got very upset because he was knocking on the door for ages. <laughs> oh, man. I see how difficult it used to be just to do some piracy, just to watch a I film. Know. <laughs> That's amazing. What about you with uh, 1995? Anything that springs uh, to mind? What we haven't mentioned, I guess. Um, Clueless. I really, really they... like Clueless. It's a good film, that is. Yeah, it's really funny. It really, really funny. Probably a film uh, I didn't admit to liking in 1995, but... Well, we probably didn't see it then, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I'm not even sure. I can't even remember when I first saw it. It might have been University, actually, when I first watched it. I think I first saw it with Caroline, because she likes it, but right. Brittany Murphy is unrecognisable in that film. <laughs> Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. And, um... and your boyfriend, Paul Rudd? Is it? Oh... My, my dream boat. Well, I don't know if it's him or David Duchovny. It's one of those two. But um, he's he was fifty the other day, and he looks 50. incredible. Jesus, yeah. man! And now he's in a Ghostbusters film, so he's even more um. Even he's more even more in, into your world. Yeah. So um, right then, should we should we uh, not bury the lead anymore? Not bury the lead anymore. Oh no, I did want to say two other films actually. Oh. Sorry. Oh, go, go for um, it. One, Sense and Sensibility, because I'm doing my Angley every week, apparently. I need to oh, point yeah. out Sense and Sensibility came out this week, and it's fucking, not this week, this year, and it's brilliant. And I don't understand why Alan Rickman didn't win every acting award for it. And um, To Die For, To Die For is fucking brilliant. The Gus Van Sant film with Nicole Kidman, when she's a 
murderous kind of a that is a brilliant film that is i rewatched that recently who directed that it's um it's gus van sant gus van sant isn't it yeah yeah with a young whacking phoenix in it yeah yeah totally yeah casey affleck and uh, matt Dillon. i think it is yeah no, that was a brilliant film i love those kind of off kilter kind of daniel waters kind of yes me too that's yeah I, I live for those type of 90s films that are yeah. just a little bit kind of a like, little bit kind of weirdy a bit, like but, heathers is kind of in that yeah it's a bit earlier but um and as you said like a previous one like serial mom and stuff like that absolutely yeah but um, if you haven't watched to die for check it out but also um actually in that vein as well um it's not a 1995 film it's a 1999 film but um oh fuck the name's just gone out of my head a second later <laughs> um do- drop dead gorgeous Oh, uh, is that with Kirsty Alley? Yes, it no, is. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. That similar sort of kind of off kilter reality to it, which really is that the one about me. beauty pageants or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's that's a good one. Fucking holds up. It's so funny. So this week we're um we're going to look at dead presidents. Hey kid, you want to take a little run with me? Yeah, I'll take a little run with you. <laughs> Almost as good a getaway driver as me. I'm about to get my pimp thing on started. Why are you always talking about this pimp stuff, man? What's happening? Women so pretty. Even man, I ain't afraid of no war. I just want to do something that's different. Yeah, well, getting your head blown off is different. <laughs> man, oh, man. So, you ain't gonna marry me when you get back? You ain't got somebody else. I don't want nobody else. To the Bronx. Now you're gonna play this Marine War hero. What you got when you get back here, huh? Uh, 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 uh. What's going on, man? Girl, come here. It's Daddy. Say hi. I'm gonna get myself a good job. Don't you know if I had anything to offer you, I'd have given it to you the moment you walked through that door. So, directed by Albert and Alan Hughes, who previously did uh, Menace to Society, and this was their follow-up from it, which was Menace to Society 92, I think. Yeah, it was definitely after um, Boys in the Hood, wasn't it? So it, it was, was like yeah. 293. And this was their um, direct sequel, wasn't it? Well, not direct sequel, direct follow-up a few years later. Yeah. And because um, they haven't done that many, have they? I don't think. No, together I think they've only got five films. Um, and, but they've done. They started working separately after that, though. Oh, or have between they? that and stuff, yeah. Okay. I think their last film was The Book of Eli. Oh, is that like the post-apocalyptic one with um, Denzel Washington? Denzel, yeah, when he's got the Bible, I think. Oh man, when I worked at the video Didn't shop, like Denzel Washington was like the number one actor. Any film that came out with Denzel Washington in was like what immediately stabbed was, her. Yeah, 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 like Deja Vu was rented oh out God, yeah. nonstop for weeks and weeks and months and months <laughs> on end. And I, I don't get it. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about Denzel. Denzel cast because <laughs> they did From Hell before that, which mm. well, mm. that was after. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. Yeah. Which so that's based on the um, based on the Alan Moore Alan book. book and based on Jack the Ripper. I kind of like that film. I think it's just I know it's not great. I just think I really quite like watching it. I need to rewatch it. I remember the Elephant Man's in it. 
Oh God, yeah. It was very kind of. They obviously watched Johnny Depp in in what's it called in um, the Headless Horseman film, Sleepy Hollow, and just kind of like just do that, but with more (laughs) morphine. I think, and we'll see how we get on. Yeah, I've I've got the book actually of that, but I've never read it. Well, I have. I tried to read it, but the panels are so small, and it's just pure <laughs> black and white, no shading or anything. It's just really start black and white. It's really hard to kind of visually read as well as. No, I think I I text. I've tried to read it once. And I didn't find it captivating at all. Yeah, I think sometimes Alan Moore isn't. Sometimes Alan Moore's too just cerebral or just too obsessed with kind of violence or gore and stuff like that he's a very yeah. violence against women type of person as well like sometimes then it's just a bit okay I'm, I'm alright Alan you you go back to Northampton we'll just... go back in your little hole that you dig <laughs> in your living room in your floor or whatever you do I don't know <laughs> whatever, writing whatever, signposts whatever deity you, you kind of get power from and we'll just check back in in a few years time and we'll see how you're doing <laughs> This week we're talking about death presidents. Yes, not Alan Moore, <laughs> not not from hell. Not from um, hell. So, what do you think of this film? Uh, I think I'm really glad I had a night to sleep on it. Actually, um, yeah, I think it doesn't quite work. I think, um, I think it, uh, it's kind of three films, really. Yeah, and I thought it was only one of them. And I had no idea what I was watching for like the first what is it fifty minutes until I think well, yeah the first I'm... half of the film is like fifty minutes until we actually get back from the Vietnam War. Yeah, I really did not like this film at right. all. Like, I didn't find anything all that redeeming in it. I mean, it looks decent, and it's yeah, the music's all right because the music's by Danny Elfman. It is Danny Elfman. It actually sounds a bit like the Black, uh, Men in Black. Um, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Just a bit slower and a little more ominous, but... And I also thought that Chili Peppers actually wrote that song, uh, If You Want Me To Stay Down. I thought that was a Chili Peppers original, found out it was a cover watching this film, so that was interesting. <laughs> that was, I learned that. But I thought the acting was just off, like the guy who played the lead, what's his name? Um, uh, Lorenz Tate. Yeah, I just thought he... I just didn't believe him. He struggles to carry this film. He does. Yeah. He's not. Christ- I wouldn't say he's bad, but I think this the the story places so much on him and doesn't actually give him that much to do. He, he um, doesn't feel like his character grows or earns no. what he. Or I don't even know why his. I don't even know what his problem is. Do you know? Like I, I feel like he's kind of doing fine, and um, but he's the story's kind of telling you he's not, and I'm like, aren't you? You know, why did you go to war, dude? Like yeah, you... so so if people haven't watched this film, I hope you have. Um, it's basically about a young young man and I guess his two of his friends who are played by yeah. Chris Tucker and Freddie Rod- Rodriguez. Yeah, and um, they're kind of just graduating high school. Yeah, uh, one of them, uh, what's his name, Lorenz Tate, who plays a, a character called Anthony Curtis, decides I want to go to war like my dad. Because it was like the uh, Vietnam War. Yeah, Vietnam War. And he goes. Yeah, because it's the military. We, we start off in like so. 1969 or whatever, don't we? So yeah. And then he goes to war, and then because he's, fr- I think Chris Tucker skip. He kind of fails at college or school. He drops out. He then joins yeah. him. Freddie Rodriguez. He goes to war, but he's not seen he gets with drafted. them. He's doing. He gets drafted before them. Yeah. 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 
and then so we're with them for a while. It's half an hour before the... it's half an hour before they go to war, and then it's yeah, half which... an hour at Vietnam. Um, to me, per- I preferred the bit beforehand when they were younger. Right. Because, like, so we were watching Boys in the Hood. It showed a very opposite, different side of, like, a time of, like, a young black youth. Do you know what I mean? And how it was different to, like, say, the 1990s or sure. whatever. And I thought that was quite interesting. It's still kind of similar, but different, yeah. Yeah, but the way they show it in... Well, they don't show that in Boys, Boys in the Hood, but... It didn't seem to be any black and white divide in the first half of the film. Or the f- yeah, filming. Chris Tucker actually does say thought. later on when he gets back, Chris Tucker's like, oh, it's the same as ever was except the white They're people moving are moving out. out. Yeah. yeah. But the first half is very bit more kind of wholesome, I guess. Sure. I could have done with, Apart- literally, well, no, I, could have done with, because... I could have done with maybe 15 minutes of the first half at most. Um, I yeah. didn't... If I, my, my reading of it, I... I didn't like this film up until 50 minutes and then I liked it. And then like from that well, point on, I was on board and I wanted the whole film to be that say the second half of this film. Well, I think that intro I, like, scene is so long. Yeah. So the bit where they're younger, it's it's on for so long and then the war bit is on for so, for long. so long. I don't really understand. Yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting there the going, it's that bit from um uh, Simpsons. I'm sitting there going, when are they getting to the fireworks factory? Like <laughs> yeah. this this film is called Dead Presidents. It's got the picture of their makeup on at the, the front cover. Like, wh- I know this is a heist in it. When the fuck are they doing the heists? Like, and it doesn't really build to the heist very well. I love it when it gets there. I honestly think that that heist scene is one of the best heist scenes I've ever seen in a film. I was absolutely I'm like on board. Strongly with it. disagree like, with that. That's but fine. Anyway. <laughs> but like, I was I was so on board with it. But I didn't feel like the film had got there at any point. Like, well, and I was so so yeah. So they're they're in Vietnam. I hated the Vietnam stuff so much. I hated and, it. Um, they, we meet some of the characters. There's one guy who, for some reason, is a bit of a mentalist, and his dad's like a preacher, and he chops off the head of like. <laughs> That's that would have worked better if 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 you would if maybe there was a scene after the war where Chris Tucker and um, uh, Lorenz was talking about when they were in Vietnam, and like talking about the kind of characters they were with like that fucking guy he carried a head round with him for like for a day or something but them showing it it just it was just stupid like it, it just didn't it, it didn't seem gruesome to me it just came it came across as really silly from the to me honestly so yeah and then one of their members of their unit goes to the toilet and then they kind of wonder where he is and then they find him and he's like stomach's been ripped open his intestines are hanging out they stuff don't they stuff a bit of his intestines in his mouth? Yeah, I thought that was a bit excessive. And then they think, oh, we can save him. Yeah, they just like bandages him up and carry him off. And like, it's the no, way they carry him over. You don't carry someone over a shoulder no, with their like, stomach down on their shoulders. Yeah, it's bizarre. I was um, like, no, that's a bit much for me. But I tell you what threw me. So I'm guessing there's a bit of a time lapse thing because obviously he's away four years. There's loads of tie lapses, yeah. Yeah, but there's a bit where he's like, him and uh, Chris Tucker are like, you know, high fiving, doing their thing, and their photos are being taken. Yeah, that's Chris Tucker's then, leaving. Yeah, and then it cuts straight to to the main character coming back and meeting Chris Tucker, and it just didn't feel like. Oh, I see. Any time had elapsed, like it's just because it was that quick. I was like, what? Right. And uh, I, I just found it a bit jarring. 
at that point, I this was a, this was for me was a film that I felt like at that point the film started for me, and it didn't need anything that happened beforehand. This film just could have just started with this guy coming back from the war, back home, and we would have met all these characters the first time, but we would have got their relationship, and. Right. And we would have worked out stuff going on. We maybe would have had Matt to have maybe more scenes about them talking about the past or a couple of flashbacks or something like that. But I guess so. It, I didn't need anything that they, they did beforehand. To, it didn't help me go forward with what the rest of the film was. And I was just... I was I was waiting. I was, I was, I was thinking they would put together a gang. They would start doing small robberies. They would build up to the big one at the end of the film. But it they go straight... Comes at- it just comes out of nowhere. Almost nowhere, yeah. They talk about it like they've been talking about this plan for ages. I'm like, no, you haven't. And he <laughs> mentions it to the sister of his girlfriend or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so just to, to backtrack a tad. So he comes back from war. Uh, he meets his daughter for the first time because what we forgot to mention is that he has sex for the first time before he oh, leaves. Oh, yeah, before he war. leaves, yeah. That's quite a good scene, uh, actually. That's all right, yeah. With the bed, like beds his, banging against the wall and the other sisters in the other room. Like, yeah, with their like hair curlers in and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so he comes back from war, meets his daughter and his uh, girlfriend, who I guess she's got a sugar daddy kind of character. I don't think yeah, they necessarily yeah. say she's a prostitute, but she's no, definitely no, got someone no, who's no. looking after I her. I just think while he was away for five years and not writing to her, she met another guy and they were... and that was it really he's a bit of an arsehole well quite a lot of an arsehole but like i don't think she was working for him it it sounded to me as if though she's getting paid he pays her for for her to live and in in return she probably gives him some sort of satisfaction or something (laughs) but but um that was so yeah, Clifton that Powell, on. wasn't it, Cutty? I really liked Clifton Powell in this. I wanted more of him. And yeah. like, t- sorry, carry on. I was going to say, and the the big problem with for me with that character was that you know that last bit where he really threatens him. Yeah, um, yeah. You, that's it. That's the end of his character. Yeah, kind of. I just don't think characters get good payoff in this. No. I, this film has one of my favourite actors in it as well. It's got Keith David in it, who oh, I actually Keith love. David Keith David is amazing. Yeah. But. Again, I don't think you've seen that episode of Community when he plays the guy who built the VR system. Um, (laughs) fucking favorite episode. But he does have a great moment in this, though, where at the beginning, where um, the main character's like a driver and he drives him to this like restaurant. Yeah, they're doing numbers. Keith David walks in and he chucks him out the window, and then the guy (laughs) on the floor like pulls, he goes to pull his leg or like trip him up, but he just pulls his fake leg off. And you're like, I didn't expect that. He's like, it's like everyone in this everyone in this neighborhood knows I've only got one leg, and he pulled off the wrong one or something. Yeah, he pulled the wrong. <laughs> leg. Give me my leg back. <laughs> I am. Um, I oh, really, sorry. really liked Chris Tucker in this. Actually, I actually thought, <sighs> I actually thought it really. I mean, I have a really soft spot for Chris Tucker, but my I, problem with this is he wasn't wearing a skin tight leopard print <laughs> uh, jumpsuit and oh have like God, a weird God, blonde God. afro. Call me my man, call me my man. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have to have the broken one? (laughs) (laughs) Should we just watch Fifth Element? Yeah, I'll happily watch Fifth Element. I love Chris Tucker. And and I I think I would have liked to see him do more dramatic stuff. I thought 
he did this well. I I really liked him doing the kind of spaced out junkie thing that when they first meet again, and like you see that it takes Chris Tucker a, a, a while to even like see that he's standing in front of him, and then when they're well, walking they... down the street, he's not doing the jittery stuff. He's doing that kind of leaning, like like he's gonna fall over, but he never quite does kind of stuff and I, I just that really worked for me and I just I'd loved Chris Duck in this when he shoots the cop at the end he just and he's so kind of just angry and so kind of like um, almost a bit scary I was um I was yeah well but I don't I didn't I, I didn't see that coming from that character I don't know like again it just felt very inconsistent to me the way the characters portrayed themselves like you'd think well, I guess that's what they were doing. They were flipping on its head that the Reverend character, because they. So to backtrack again, he loses his. Jo- he gets when he comes back. He gets a job at like a. A butcher butchers. with Saul. Uh, I liked Saul. I would have worked at Saul's butcher shop. And then, he loses his job, and then we assume he loses his girlfriend because he well he threatens her and like he chokes her, chokes her, yeah. and slams against the yeah. door. And I then, mean, it's a legitimate argument, but and then. He just happens to bump into his girlfriend's sister at a like a what do you call it like a uh, like a rally. It's um it's actually really interesting. It's the stuff like, I the stuff I thought I wanted more from was this stuff in the seventies. She's part of she's part of this thing called the Nat Turner Cadre, um, yeah. which is like a revolutionary communist communist militant group for black people at the time. Um, Nat Turner was a um, a southern black priest who or pastor who ran who like led a rebellion in the kind of 1800s it was a two-day rebellion in the south of slaves it ki- they killed like a new- numerous like white slaves owners and cops and stuff like that and it got shut down quite quickly but like it was a kind of rallying point a big kind of story that people don't get told and then in the 70s that was he he became one of these folk heroes for like the civil rights movement and I loved seeing that in it. The story itself is based on this team, this um, this group of people in the seventies called the uh, Black Liberation Army, who would right. paint their faces like this. They would they would kill cops, kill drug dealers, rob banks, rob stuff, uh, like blow up things. They um, um, huge like kind of, uh, huge kind of movement that we don't talk about so much about the kind of uh, the more militant stuff that was going on during the kind of civil rights movement and. You have the Black Panthers in this as well. The guy giving him a leaflet when he comes out of the subway, I think it was. Yeah, saying all like, that is way more interesting than yeah, what they show in this movie. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it should I was have like, been it, that. it should have been that. I, I, if even not Black Liberation Army, but if there was this this feeling of this displaced like former Marines, these people that had got trained by the U.S. Army to be killers and then just got chucked out the fucking end of it with no job and no place in society who just got angry and started fucking fighting back like robbing stores to survive and just and if we if we had that slow build of them yeah like like building to the heist in this then that would have been because, a film that, like yeah, that's because, what i wanted to watch because black people and like um latinos who came back from the war weren't treated the same as white people who came no. back from war and the and, white but, veterans weren't treated well from vietnam but the black veterans weren't yeah, treated at all but i don't like, think that came across very well in it just film. it was there but there was so much it's, they were trying to do it's surface level though that's the thing yeah it's and i think it's hype, a classic hype... second film this as well i think it's a classic that you did your first film it was 
massive and you just bit off more than you can chew the second one. Yeah, oh, massively. They, they try and stuff too much in it. Yeah. And, um, and what it and needed the hi- was just... And then when focus. the heist comes into it and he he has a chat with his girlfriend's sister. Yeah. And he's like, all of a sudden, I've got this plan. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah. where did that come from? We well, didn't see him like scoping out or kind of What it of should have more been is it. they were doing this low-level crime stuff and being quite successful. Then he meets his old and friend and she's part it. of a rebellion and it becomes yeah. a bigger thing. It becomes bigger. And, and that's the story was there, but they don't do it. Like it, yeah, hundred percent. I and I agree. With, there's a much more interesting film in here. That could in have been there, yeah. But it just especially because I'm literally thinking this is a heist film, and the heist doesn't happen until what ten minutes. Do you know what end? I love with heist films though, which this does not have. For me, a heist film is all about the setup. The setup, the heist. yeah. So you know, like even in the oceans films, they run drills. They're like practicing the heist. Yeah. Even in Inception, they're training for the heist. You wanted there's to see him get of better that. and better at it. Yeah, like, there's none of that in this. It's just no. straight to it. And for me, just well, they d- really I do like the flat. scene when they set up. I like the scene when they're sitting around the table and they're leaning out from the black and they've got all the like the the, um, the coins on the uh, the mat in front of them and stuff. I think that scene works. They just I just need more of it. They... Yeah, but it's show don't tell. I don't know. I just would rather. I'd, I'd rather have seen them actually scoping out the locations and yeah. then real and then they could have been on the corner and then yeah. uh, Keith David goes no we need another guy here to to be the lookout that made no sense to me this I know because they're like right opposite each other they're just two black people standing in a part of town black people don't stand in in New York standing opposite each other and I'm like a cop's going to come and ask you what you're doing <laughs> yeah like at least with at least with um, um, Chris Tucker, okay, the junkie's just standing over there. The cop's just going to be like, whatever. But then opposite him is just another black guy just standing around. And he has he's no the, nothing to say. He's got the like, most intense eyes ever as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the cop's like, um, you're doing okay, dude. Like, uh, um, do you know the bus doesn't come? I'll, I'll check for you. And he, he should have been like, oh, can you show me the way to this? Or can you... Because the whole point, he was there in case a patrolman walks around. But when the patrolman did walk around, he had nothing to say. He just, like, he's rubbish. And then I don't, like, I don't... With a heist, you kind of almost want to be in on it, knowing yeah. how they're going to pull it off. And then the the joy is, is... Like, I guess the point in this, they don't properly pull it off. No. But, but that, you did want to the see them be successful before failing, though. I wanted to the, see them set up something that works, like rob a bank or something, and then they try and rob this truck. Exactly, yeah. So and they get, you know, the dead presidents yeah. and stuff, and but it goes the way it does because Freddie Rodriguez dies really horrifically. <laughs> like he gets driven yeah. into a wall. But I don't know that character, frankly. I don't. You just know he's burnt his hand. And yeah, it. yeah, and he loves explosions. That's the yeah. two things. And I he know, obviously. Though. I do like the fact that he put too much C4 on the door <laughs> really cracks me and up. blew it up too much so they're like most of the money burnt or whatever. What was the, because Chris Tucker really cracked me up at that bit and he go, and just like, blew up the door, you blew up the whole damn van. What <laughs> <laughs> like... um, was I going to say? Um, so yeah, from there, like, from then, they kind of get caught, don't they? Like, Oh no! Actually, no. First of all, the girl when she pops up out the bin and she's just like killing everybody. I was like thinking that was a bit like I was on board at that point. I was so happy. She's like the thing. I didn't realize that she's the image I've always known from this film. Someone popping up the poster. Yeah, yeah, and popping up with the the double guns, blowing people away and stuff like that. And I don't know her in this film. You you know, 
that's she has no screen time she doesn't get built up to that and and then she dies I, yeah i just wish that the whole film is marketed on their faces all painted up white and stuff like that but it's barely it's in 10 it. minutes of the film i know yeah. And I just, like you said, I wish there was more of the more scenes where they're wearing this, like kind of building up, like maybe they yeah. become notorious. And, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They start like getting a name get... for themselves and they bring yeah. people into the group, you know, like, you know, maybe they do one heist, it doesn't go very well. And, 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 um, uh, Keith David can be like, look, we need another guy. And they, and they yeah. think, well, we did know this psychopath back in Vietnam and he might be the type of person we're looking for. You know, like introduce it that way rather than the way they introduce it in this. I kind of thought they would have bought in. Who's the, who's the cowboy? It's the original roadie. What's his name? Oh, um, uh, uh, Terence Howard. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought they would have bought him into it. For yeah, some totally. Because he kind of like he's just in it just to kind of. He's in it to show the fact that our lead character has gone from a kind of carefree, lucky guy to a yeah, kind to, of uh, aggressive man yeah, could, who's willing to kind kill. of. Yeah. yeah, but it needs more of this because I don't. I didn't feel that growth really in that lead character. Terence Howard is uh, Terence Howard's a little. Terence Howard himself seems a little too nice for me, and I didn't really. I didn't, when he was <laughs> when he was kind of had him up with a knife against him, I was like, yeah, but you're Terence Howard, you, you know. <laughs> you know, he got paid more than Robert Downey Jr. for the first Iron Man. Yeah, bigger star, wasn't he? Like, yeah, but then he didn't get it for the sequel. I don't think he was a very good uh, War Machine. Not to say anything against Tower Tower. I think Don Tudor does it better, though. Next time, baby. Next, Next time. time, baby. <laughs> um, I do want to say, yeah. we've been talking about him, but Bokeem Woodbind, um, who plays the Cleon, the kind of the, the pastor the, who cuts off him and these people's oh, yeah, heads. Yeah. He's, um, he gets the and in this, which I think is amazing that he gets the and in the, in the booking. The I but, think um, it should be and mine Sheen. And mine Sheen. <laughs> who pops up for like all of two for, minutes. Plops up to be a complete asshole. I was in a real yeah. war. Um, Bucking Woodbine, you will know from the second season of Fargo. He plays Mike Milligan, the kind of hitman, and uh, he was fucking amazing in it. Like, yeah, that that's that's coming back soon. It I think. is, yeah, it yeah. Got delayed though, didn't it, because of fucking coronavirus? Oh, probably. But uh, but, but I he also plays Shocker see... in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and uh, okay. and he's also in the new uh, Ghostbusters as well oh, interesting so and Bucking Woodbine's ace I really fucking like him I liked him in this a lot but didn't totally buy his kind of cutting people's heads off character but so they all get eventually done or murdered for doing the uh, the robbery yeah so she gets shot by the police yeah uh, Rodriguez gets um, just cut in half Crushed by a car by a car <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they kind of try and hide out a little bit except they Oh, Chris that, Tucker ODs. Oh, Chris Tucker ODs. That uh, that image of him with his eyes is. It, and yeah, the... but it looked badly um, comps over the top. I don't. I did it. I didn't notice. Yeah. I thought it was lenses. Mm, I don't know. I reckon it was comps over the top. But okay. I, I just like Chris Tucker too much. I thought he, I just loved him in this film. Yeah, but he ODs, and then the pastor starts just spreading money around town and bought buys yeah. himself a new Cadillac. And at but that again, point they just they just tell you I'd rather they showed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well they don't have enough time left by that point. Well, they the would problem. do if they didn't have all the first <laughs> yeah. hour shit. Do you I know, know what I mean? <laughs> and then at that point Keith David and Lorenz Tate decide, oh maybe we should skip town. And I'm like, you what? Like this is a huge <laughs> 
a huge fucking bust that went really wrong. They already knew who two of you were there on the scene. One of them is a <laughs> sister of your um, child's mo- mother, your ex. It's it's really easy to find out who you are. <laughs> like, and then and their first place to go is the place where Freddie Rodriguez hung out as well. Craig. Um, Keith David's place. It's so weird that yeah. they they're so don't they're so passe about it at the end. But yeah, I just by the end of it though, I was struggling to find out what the point of this film was because it just everything felt incomplete. Do you know? yeah. Does that make sense? Sure, it's three and, incomplete films. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't. I didn't feel bad for him for being put in prison because, yeah, he did. Did he murder anyone? I can't remember now. I don't think he murdered anyone, no. But he instigated it anyway, and he that's why everyone it. got murdered and killed. So, I think you know, a, cop, a cop got killed. That's the one. That's a big no-no. <laughs> I think the the point about, like, the the 15 years, but then to life is a bit much. And they were just... Do, and he, the whole point was he, you know, he served his country and they don't care. You know, the, the judge was just like, well, I served my country in a real war and you, you fought in that stupid war. And the problem the problem was that we didn't go on a journey with the main character enough. Even though he spent so yeah. much time in his life, we didn't he didn't we didn't really see him struggle to the point of needing to kind of build up to this huge operation. Like we didn't see him take baby steps up towards it. We didn't see him kind of really struggle with money, even though he had that argument with his wife about money. We didn't see him really yeah. struggle. I didn't really see him struggle to even have to go to war because he was working as a milkman, and then he, yeah. and, which was that's a legitimately good job. I, I thought. Well, there was still know. a high school then, though, so it was just like a morning. Job I guess so. A... Yeah. I just I didn't feel him. I didn't feel that kind of desperation in him, and it makes it hard to kind of. But I don't think it's fair to blame it on him. It's to it's to blame it on the scripts because it's all surface level, and it's just briefly mentioned. No, I don't. I don't blame it on him. Man. I I thought the guys in it were all good. I really did. I thought all of them just did everything they had. Um, I just thought the the dialogue was very cliche ridden. I think yeah. I think it's. I haven't seen Men to Society, um, which I should have watched actually. But I get the impression that they probably trusted the audience more with Men to Society because it was a contemporary film. So they probably yeah. were just a bit more easy with writing it. And when they're trying to do a historical film like this, they were probably a bit worried that they would lose audiences. Well, and I think that with probably came society, it. though, it's like writing what you know, kind of probably yeah. thing. And um, whereas you know they probably didn't grow up in the sixties and seventies, they grew up in the eighties and nineties, which was a well, whole. They certainly thing. didn't go to Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. But um, so like, when I when it, when it got to like fifty minutes and we still were at Vietnam, I, I went to the Wikipedia page to type to have a look, a read up. And the first fifty minutes of the first paragraph of the of the description of the plot, <laughs> and then there's like, there's I don't know, there's eight paragraphs after that about the rest of it, and it's like, yeah, that's where the fucking film is. Like that's all where the film is, and it takes so long to get there that it was it, that what's frustrated me more than anything else. They could have done those first two acts in like ten fifteen minutes if they really wanted to, because. Yeah. You don't learn anything or get anything really out of it. I do like that one transition though, where he's running over the head defenses. Yeah, I liked and a lot of it. I liked a lot of the shooting. I just didn't get anything from it. I didn't need no. any of it. Everything I got from it, I could have learned in just the... telling the story from after the war. I could yeah. have heard in conversations or 
a flashback here and there or or what have you like even the stuff that I needed to see because of the war like uh, Skip Chris Tucker being like an Agent Orange victim I actually yeah. didn't know that from the war I knew it from after the war as well so even the stuff that you need to show the war for didn't actually really explain the motivation right and even the kind of seeing the pastor as like this you know psychopath at the war and then seeing him just as a pastor later on that was more jarring than if they described this guy and then gone to visit him well it's kind of i guess for him it's a case of he's just letting loose while he's out there isn't it and then yeah. he comes back home he's back to being his it was just hard to watch it didn't it didn't feel like the same character yeah, and I'm and surprised that if he's willing to go straight and become like a pastor, why is he so willing to to go along with the heist? I don't know. Yeah, I guess everyone needs money. I guess, but even so. the, it's the it's the same thing as like I was, I was just like the film's called Dead Presidents, and I didn't know what Dead Presidents were until like an hour twenty or something. <laughs> And, that was, and it's the money that's getting burnt, isn't it? It's the money that... Well, yeah, they... well it says that. It pretty much shows that from the title credits. Yeah. Where it's just but burning. I didn't even put together the fact that uh, presidents is money in America. Because I just didn't know what the title meant. Which is just me being stupid. But <laughs> Is it me or does American money look rubbish? It's just... It's <laughs> yeah, so I hate boring, how it's all like... the same colour. Yeah. That's what really gets me in America. Are they all the same size as well? I think they are. Think so. Canada, Canada's got a good money. There Canada's got great money, and they call him presidents. And and bloody what's his face wasn't a president. Benjamin Franklin wasn't a president, <laughs> and and um, Alexander Hamilton wasn't a president. So why do you call your money presidents when you have tons of people on it who aren't presidents? America, answer me this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've got much more else to say about this film. I think I'm kind of uh, spent. But I think just to summarise, it's there was a good film in there, but the end result for me was not a very good one. I would convince people to watch the heist scene because I thought it was great. And if if the whole film had done other things of that, then I would have liked the film more. But there, there are a million and one other better heist scenes in films though. sure but this is yeah. another one like, this is, it is another one <laughs> and if you like watching heist films this has got some explosions and it I enjoyed does. it some napalm and I like Chris Tucker I liked watching Chris Tucker to be honest he, I, he doesn't act a lot really does he I know he was no. in your your boy's uh, Anglese <laughs> recent film yeah <laughs> he's weird in Billy Lynn he really is actually he was in Silver Linings like, Playbook and I didn't like him in Silver Linings actually so he was he's working quite consistently up until rush hour one and then yeah or rush hour two and then he had a good like six year break and then after rush hour three he then didn't act again for like another five six years yeah and he's got a very small role in billy lynn's it, it works but it's very small do you think it's just because he's ha- content with what he's got or he's i have no idea i heard there was a bit of problem with the third friday film i think um, well, he's only in the first one, and I think he's in the second one. No, he's in the second one. one of, but it, only his flashbacks or, or like. Oh, no, it's just flashback stuff, isn't it? I th- yeah. Maybe it was the second film that he had a problem with then. I think that. I think when they approached him, they offered him a really low amount of money, and they offered Ice Cube an absolute ton of money, and he just took offence to it, basically. 
Well, actually, Friday came out the same year as this, so he was actually yeah, did, having yeah. quite a good year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was in House Party, um, House Party Three, I think, and then he's in Friday and this the same year, and then he's in Money Talks, I think. Is that the Brett Ratner film with Charlie Sheen? Yeah, which I haven't actually seen that, but then he's in Fifth Element the same year as that, and f- I fucking love him in Fifth Element. He got nominated for a Razzie Award for the Fifth Element. Oh, fuck. that's unfair. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Razzie. I fucking hate Razzie. <laughs> Don't you think Martin Sheen in this film, though, looks exactly like Charlie Sheen now? <laughs> looks the same. <laughs> like, for a I, while, I didn't think any of them looked the same. Same with Emilio. And now you look at them all and they're like... They're they all, all kind look... of merged into one. Yeah, they How many Sheens are there? Is that it? Uh, Emilio... Well, he's Emilio Estevez, isn't he? But yeah. he's a Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen. Martin Sheen. Is Martin Sheen's Mr. dad Mr. anyone? Mr. Sheen. What? Is Martin Sheen's dad anyone? Uh, it's not like the Douglas. Kirk Sheen. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Sheen. <laughs> Let's have a look. Martin Sheen. He's uncredited in this film. Oh, is he uncredited? Oh, I guess so. He's really not in it that much. Children. He's got uh, Raymond Estevez. Because that's obviously Estevez is his like Estevez um, is his real name, yeah. Is his real name, uh, and Rene Estevez. I swear I've seen uh, a film with Raymond Estevez in it. Let's have a look. Well, Rene is she's an actress as well, it's and the screenwriter. That's what I've seen with him in it. She was in Heather's. Uh, Raymond was in. Oh yeah, the Dead Zone. Alligator 2, The Mutation. It's safe to say that those two haven't reached the heights of the other two brothers. Charlie Sheen Heights? Is that... <laughs> Charlie Sheen Heights? I want to live there. Actually, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. don't. <laughs> like, I'm just looking at a picture of Emilio Estevez. He looks like a flipping Sheen Estevez now. Like he does. He didn't before. Emilio really looks like his dad. I always think that. Not, not before, but now he does. He's... um. Isn't he doing an, the TV series of um, Mighty, Mighty Ducks? Ducks? Is he? Oh, fucking hell. The first yes. one of that. I like that first film. I I quite like the second one, apart from the fact... Well, actually, I think this makes me like it more. That um, Iceland is the evil team. It's like, it's fucking <laughs> Iceland. I'm like, who has a problem with Iceland? They're like the most loveliest place. <laughs> I feel bad for that one kid, though, who's in the Mighty Ducks films. And he's like a crack addict. So that's quite sad. Oh, God, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's. Let me try and find out which one that one is. It's quite sad, but it's bring the... us down. We're enjoying the ducks. <laughs> oh, no, it's. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know. One of the. One of them. <laughs> one of the mighty ducks. Oh, it's Goldberg, Sean Weiss. That's his. Which name. one yeah. was Goldberg? He was the tubby one, I think. Okay, the goalie. I think so. But yeah. Anyway, what would you give this on um, Letterbox then? Out of five. Um, I really like the second half, and I really like the performances. So I'm probably around two and a half to three, maybe if I'm being generous. Probably th- maybe two and a half. So I didn't think it was I'm, a bad film. I just it didn't work for me. I'm going for a two, and that's one of those points is for Keith David, and it's deducted one because. Chris Tucker's not wearing a skin tight <laughs> leopard print suit. So Some of those lines Chris Tucker has are so he just said them on set. 
Oh yeah, he to be f- agreed. He was probably one of the better ones in it, but he again he didn't did feel natural to me. I don't know. There was there was a moment when I was watching him, or watching Chris Tucker in the Vietnam War, and I was like, I don't think Chris Tucker was in the Vietnam. I just don't I'm going to get Tucker. me a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just calling that woman. Yeah, come on. <laughs> big dick, big dick. <laughs> What's that one when he's like before they go to war and they're just sitting around? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a pimp. All my family always been pimps. pimps. Yeah. <laughs> my granddaddy never picked his own cotton because he was a pimp or something. And then he's getting <laughs> like, upset. There's no because... way that was in the script. Like... He's upset because his two friends are off with women and he's just sitting by himself. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> oh, see. I just want just Chris Tucker come back to the world. I miss Chris uh... Tucker. Okay, Hughes Brothers, your challenge is remake this film and make it better because there is a better film in here. There is definitely a better film in this film, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Even the themes. Like, I think I don't know another fi- another film that does anything with like black um, army veterans. I can't even... Yeah. That might be my own ignorance, but the only other film I can think about black um, people in American armies is Glory. And that's not even... Even the main character of that is fucking Matthew Bodrick. And <laughs> yeah. who? Oh, don't get me talking about Matthew Broderick. Well, spoilers for 1999. Oh, speaking, I don't even know the, what... speaking the brothers. <sighs> but is um, it his non-existent court case for when he actually murdered two people and then he had to uh, pay like seventy-five dollars? <laughs> fucking hell! 1999 <laughs> is going to be a good episode, man. <laughs> okay, is it? Is it Godzilla? <laughs> You've seen Godzilla. That's I ninety-seven. Have seen though, isn't Godzilla. It? <laughs> It's Godzilla 97. If I've pulled that out of my head. <laughs> Do you know what? I was I was looking at our list the other day and it made me laugh because I thought, oh, Liam picked um, Remains of the Day. And no, it was on my side of films that I picked. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. I thought I picked that too, actually. No, no, you... Oh, I can't remember what you picked now. Oh, Godzilla's you picked. 98. It's one year off. Was it? Um... What else was I was going to talk about? Something else. Craig, Craig David, Keith, I keep calling him Craig. Craig David. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. Uh, Keith David. What's your favourite Keith David roles? Let me have a look. I've, I've well, got one straight off. Thing. I don't need to look up the thing, man. Come on. I do like him in me myself. No, not me myself, Norrin. It's the other one. Um, the singing about Mary. Oh God, I forgot about that. I was going to say they live. Oh yeah, he's younger live. than I thought. You know, he's only sixty-three. I thought he was old. Is I it? thought he'd been older than that. But yeah, that scene's amazing. That fight scene is like twenty-five epic fight scene, long. Yeah, just because he won't put on the pair of sunglasses, <laughs> they just keep slowly getting up and just thumping each other, and slowly getting up and thumping. Here each other. I'm just going to name films now. He's in Platoon. I don't like Platoon. That's. I was going to talk about that. I don't like Vietnam films, and that's my. I think my biggest problem with this is I don't like them. I, I right. don't like war films that much anyway, but I don't like Vietnam films. And I don't like Deer Hunter and I don't like Platoon. And the, and when this was getting into the Vietnam stuff, I was like, I don't like this. I don't want any of this to be here. <laughs> I didn't think I was watching a fucking war film. He's in uh, <laughs> Clockers, Quick and uh, the Dead. Fuck. He's in A Requiem for a Dream. I remember he's really evil yeah, in that. Yeah. Megadon. What? <laughs> Armageddon. Oh, is I always read it in my head as Armageddon. I thought that was some like Korean animation no, film or something. Just me being an idiot. Um, <laughs> he's in, in um, Chronicle of Riddick's films. He's in Roadhouse, isn't he, with Patrick Swayze? Do you know what? I've never seen Roadhouse. What? 
What? I, know. I need to list. see. Apparently, Patrick Swayze rips someone's throat out with his hand yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch it. <laughs> oh, community, obviously, he's the best in Community. Well, he's not the best in Community. Oh, go! Not, you know, we were but... talking about um, Tiger King the other week. We were. Um, you know, they dropped that new episode, and it's basically just uh, webcams. Oh, oh yeah, it's fucking what's his face? Joel Pat, McHale. Um, Joel McHale. Yeah. Has was, he I... got hair plugs? His hairline. Oh, you must bizarre. <laughs> I, I, Joel well, McHale I comes across as such an asshole to me. Yeah. He might he be does. the nicest guy in the world, but it's, well, I, I don't know. I think he's very much like his character. In community. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in a good way. I love yeah. Community. I've watched the whole of Community about I don't know eight times and it's I just come on netflix so i might be going around again i haven't watched it since uh, donald glover left oh uh, it's a, it does get okay because like, i do like their relationship in that show and yeah yeah and I'm i really like him chase in the first so. two seasons I, I i think he's so fucking funny in that show who's and that just, sorry uh, uh chevy chase oh yeah i think yeah. he's fucking like that guy is just he's so <clears throat> such a comedic performer He's just he had, it oozes out of him comedy. It's like effortless. I know the D&D he's a dick. episodes. I know he's a dick, but yeah, the D and D episode is wonderful. You should but, read this book. That, I'll tell you what. When I finish reading it, and we're allowed to actually meet in person again, when that is, I don't know. But um, I'll lend you this book called Wild and Crazy Guys. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. It's a real breezy, quick read. You can post it to me. You know, I could. But that, oh, actually, the, speaking of the post office, I went to the post office the other day, and I saw your <laughs> mum. <laughs> I had your mum like hid in the corner away from me. She was like, "Don't touch me. I'm not. I'm not going to touch you, Beris." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "You are right." Like, yeah. But anyway, okay. yeah. hi, mum. <laughs> she did say to say hello to you because I was like, I'm "Speaking <laughs> to your son later on." <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to Mick, your dad, who actually listens to this show. Yeah, I think we should dad. get him on one. To be fair, sure. your dad is probably the whole reason why we're doing this because of. How much he ingrained us into cinema as kids. How much I could just go through VHS collections. Yeah. Wonder, what's this film? <laughs> so, yeah. we got any games today? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I just think of anything else to say, but I kind of I feel like I've exhausted myself a little bit. But I'm actually surprised. I thought I'd have less to say about that film, but... I've always got something to say. I can always natter <laughs> on about fucking something. I just, I just wanted to see more of the kind of the social stuff at the time, the Black Liberation Army stuff, and that's the, that's much more know. interesting. And yeah, it really again, is. it's it's in there, but it's so it's there, but, And even like the Nat Turner, the Nat Turner stuff, like that is a fascinating part of history that you'd only get if you know about it. This film doesn't give you any of it at all, like at yeah. all. It doesn't even tell you that she's a communist, really. Apart from, she, I think she calls him comrade at some point, but that's what I was like. That that it, ah, I needed more of Delilah in this film. Delilah should have been in so much more. Well, they're kind of setting it up that that well, something will happen between those two earlier on because his first interaction with a female is with not her, with, isn't it? It's not yeah. with his girlfriend. It's with her. Yeah, yeah. When he's delivering milk, and then she kind of helps get him out of the house, doesn't she? Oh, is she the one that sneaks him out? Yeah. I no, no. She, she distracts helps, no, the she, mom. She distracts the mom, and yeah, um, but she's the one who tells them that. Talking of mums as well, Jennifer Lewis plays his mom in this, and oh, yeah. she's barely in it. 
It's so weird. She's the great, dad has what but... the dad has one line, and all he says is, "I'll speak to your mom." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all he says. Classic dad line. And then they're proper. They felt like a sitcom pair, family, though. And then you got the one Didn't son they? who's like the perfect son. Yeah. And it like the the conversations families have in t- in films infuriate me because it never feels like natural, real conversations you just have about general bullshit. It's always important. You've got to go to college, then you've got to... <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's just feeding the plot. And it's just, I know it's a film and that's what you have to do, but it just doesn't, it just feels so forced. Yeah. There was the scenes with the parents in this were only there to kind of be them like, oh, I think he's being a naughty person. Yeah. Back to the Future's got the best uh, dinner scene, though. What? Which one? In the first film. I disagree. The second film. <laughs> the se- which one with the pizza? Yeah, sure. Do hydrate a good pizza, man. <laughs> no, I like the first one because you've got George McFly going. Ah, I can't do this laugh. <laughs> Being only watching um, I Love Lucy or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, like I don't like... know what he's eating. He's eating some weird kind of. I can't know. Brittle kind of stuff. I feel like I've let myself down by not knowing what he's eating. I and quote that... that. You know, the end of that film where he comes down, his brother comes down in a suit. And he's like, yeah, yeah. What? I always wear a suit to the office. <laughs> I think about that line, like, I don't know, 18 hours a day. I don't know why. But that's a great scene, though, that first dinner scene, because you find out he's, you see his mom's like an alcoholic and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the brother's in prison and stuff like that. I think it's great. It anyway, sets we're not all talking about the tendrils. The <laughs> it sets all of them. Well, it's a classic film. <laughs> this has been the most rambling episode yet. <laughs> Right, I thought we'd do uh, a box office game, but slightly different. Okay. Um, so I've got a list of the top 10 biggest weekends of 1995. Oh, okay. So it's not the top term grossing films. Okay. Uh, one of them is the same film twice, so it's only nine okay. films. Um, right. And we'll do it. Should we do it in, do you want it in chronologically or do you want it in revenue? Do you go whatever? I don't mind, it's up to you. Um uh, uh, we'll do it from revenue 10 to 1. Are so these like 10, American release or UK release? Or? It's going to be American because no one cares about UK releases. Okay. Uh, this is uh, a sequel. Mm-hmm. Well, a sequel to a sequel. Uh, it was released... It was released... This was May the 19th, 1995. Yeah. Uh, it stars a huge movie star, probably maybe one of the big five in the 90s, really. Okay. Um, it stars supporting cast uh, and uh, one of the most prolific kind of actors of all time, and it's directed okay. by an absolute classic action director. So it's a sequel. It's the third. Uh, I'm going to say Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe too much on that. I'm not. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm saying the most prolific's got to be Sam Jackson because yes, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> He kind of is one of the most prolific actors of all time. Oh, yeah. If you look at his filmography, it's ridiculous. I don't know who comes close. Nick Cage might be another one. Because Nick yeah. Cage does about 100 films a year. But There's a lot, of, like, a lot of the B-level action stars do a lot of films, but then we're like straight to DVD, but they'll do like about seven of those a year. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. This is um, an action film based on a, another property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a martial arts film. 
martial arts film. It has a um, classic European actor in the lead. And what what weekend was this? Oh, I didn't tell you the weekend. It is August 18th. August. It's based on a huge property. Oh, uh, I was going to say Mortal Kombat. No, it's not Mortal Kombat. It is? Oh, is it Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad took me to see that at the cinema and he fell asleep. I think that <laughs> says a lot about how good that film was. I don't think, I don't think at the time I totally realised that Raider was played by a French guy. Where's he French? You... He's Belgian, isn't he? Oh, it's, uh, he's Belgian, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's Belgian. Yeah, Christopher Lambert. Highlander. Lambert. Yeah. His laugh in that film is hilarious. He just laughs at everything. The the fate of the human... What is he? He's like, the fate of mankind rests at your fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> he just laughs all the time. Have you seen that it, the, the new film's coming out soon? Is it? And they've said, oh, we're not having any of the fantasy elements in it. I'm like, what? That's like... What? That, that is Mortal Kombat. Then you're just making that um, Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Bloodsport, or is it Bloodsport? Yeah, yeah. Or the, didn't they do like a, a Mortal Kombat web series a few years ago? Did they? Yeah, and it was kind of a, a gritty, realistic version of it. Fucking hell, what? I just, I I liked Mortal Kombat when we were kids, but to care about Mortal Kombat is another level. Of all the video game movies that were out then, it was the one that adhered to the source material the most, I'd say. It's the one everyone always quoted about it being a good film. I'm not totally... I believe it's a good film, but... And it had, it had the best theme tune. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, good. Maybe that's why I went to go see it. The second one was hilarious, man. The, the, the effects in that second one were so bad. Like, the animalities were... I'll never forget hilarious. when Liu Kang turns into a dragon and when he <laughs> eats the other person, it just looks like two cardboard cutouts. Like, yeah, it's like three frames of animation. The, yeah. the game looked better than that. It does. <laughs> anyway, ninth biggest opening weekend, man. People yeah. were up for it. He's such a shitty director, though, that guy. Is it Anderson? Someone Anderson? Yeah, the one who did all the Resident Evil movies. Although, Oh, is it that guy, Paul W.S.? Although, what's Paul... it was decent. Event Horizon was okay. Yeah? I'm actually I'm planning to watch all the Resident Evils. I've never seen them. Oh. So I'm planning to go. I'm planning to dive in, dive in, baby. No. Resident Evil time. Like I would say, it's a shame because I genuinely love the Resident Evil game series. But to sure, be honest, when you look at the storylines of those games, they are god awful. No. So it's not like they had the best. Um, well, I feel like materials. I never like. I I saw. I feel like I didn't give them time of day because I love the Resident Evil games so much that I think I took them too seriously. But I feel like I'm at a point now. Maybe I can watch these films with just fun action bullshit. And that yeah, might but be the thing fun. is, they take themselves so seriously in the way that it's portrayed. I do though. It's a bit po faced in my opinion. Like they're daft as all out, but like yeah. Anyway, sorry. What's next? <laughs> That's right. Um, so this is June 9th, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, yeah. It opens up to it gets. I should tell you this: it's twenty-four million. It opens since opening weekend. Okay. It's based on a book. Um, yeah. It's a sequel. Well, no, it's a follow-up to a huge movie by this writer. That's why it was on this opening weekend. Okay. Anything else? Any more? Oh God. Um, 
I can tell you Tim Curry's in it. Oh. Uh, hang on. Sorry, my brain's ticking. I'm, I'm going to put a sound effect of... Um, I don't got actually a- know Has it got apes in it? It has got apes in it, yep. <laughs> is it Congo? It's got Bruce Campbell in it. Oh, <laughs> is it Congo, yeah? Yeah, it is. I was going to tell you Ernie Hudson's in it, but I thought we'd get it instantly. I There was Congo toys. I know. It just, it's like they were betting on it being like the next Jurassic Park, and it's like, no. Well, that's why I thought it was interesting to do opening weekends, because this is totally a product of like the marketing, and this film was just marketed as, you love Jurassic Park, well, fucking Michael Crichton's back, and it's apes now. Like, come on, come on, come, come, dive in, guys. It felt like no money was spent on that film, though. No, it's fucking boring. That's the problem with it. The book's not good either, to be honest. <clears throat> but I was there. I bought the book. I own that book because of Jurassic Park. You know, so well, I was. I, if part I remember, of that your weekend. book had both in it. Is that right? Like a, Is that yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Jurassic Park at the front, and then Congo at the back. Oh, yeah. wow, how weird's that? Is that they don't ever release books like that, do they? Can you imagine if like I've never seen that? They obviously in... just wanted to sell it, didn't they? Because obviously yeah. Jurassic Park was a big seller, the biggest thing in the world. Okay, next opening weekend, June the thirtieth, and it's twenty-five million, and it's based on real life events. A huge cast, um, kind of I've... a huge male cast huge uh kind of a workman workman director uh was it directed by ronnie howard little ronnie howard yeah (laughs) it's uh, apollo 13 apollo 13 which we always spoke about um this is november 17th 1995 Mm -hmm. it's made uh 26 million it is the newest in a huge series of films okay um, I. What else to say about this film that doesn't completely give it away? Um, it stars. Um, a person. <laughs> a person who you would totally get this film instantly if I said it. <laughs> They're British films. And it's a. It's a franchise, so it's like... It's a franchise, yeah. It's like the franchise. Is it still going? Yes, and the director returned to it, actually, as well. The director only did one in the 90s, but he returned to it later. Oh, I know, I know. Is it Golden Night? Yeah, yeah. I suddenly realised that was so hard to kind of talk about and not just say, like, well, it's Pierce Brosnan and Sean Bean. You could say there was an N64 game. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. That's the kind of big... We wasted many a... A Many. day, hour, night playing that game. Is that Goldeneye's biggest legacy? That game, because people still talk. For about me, that it game. is anyway. But I reckon it is. I'd love Goldeneye. I think, and it's mainly because I was the right age when it came out. It's my favorite Bond film, personally. I would say that. I'm not sure it's the best one I like, but I think it's my favorite. But I think it's got a good mix of the campy stuff, and then also kind of been a bit. Seri- not serious, but it feels like a real film. Yeah, it doesn't it feel does. like over the top CGI in it or like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the latter day Pierce the Bronholm ones. They kind of got a bit. They ridiculous. go mad, don't they? Like, I mean, I know he drives around Saint Petersburg in a tank in this film, but 
and they <laughs> but, shoot lasers from space. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you sit on it, but you can't take it with you. Don't take it with you. <laughs> I do like that film. I like um, Robbie Coltrane as well. Yeah. Um, I, every time I think of Robbie Coltrane, though, I picture it in the game where you meet him in like a, you're in the <laughs> the graveyard, <laughs> and you meet him in like a uh, a haulage. Um, yeah, was that called back. cargo? That, that that's it. That, yeah, and you have to just go around loads of cargo things until he's just standing in one at the end. Aren't you chasing Trevelyan for a while in that that level, and you get in the helicopter at the end, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it blows ah, up. Golden Eye. Slappers only. <laughs> and those assholes would always play little people. Ned, if you're listening, you're an asshole for playing <laughs> odd job all the time. Oh god. <laughs> um next film. Um this is a film that kind of changed the world. Changed the it, world. Yeah, it came out in November the fourth. It came it came to twenty nine million opening weekend. Um It was by a little studio at the time, but they ended up getting bought by the big boy. And it's an animated film. Oh, it's got to be Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it was directed by Mr. Hug and Kiss himself. See, for me, I always think of it as a 1996 movie because... Back then, a lot of those films came out a year later or whatever. Like all the, I think I may have said it earlier, but all the Jim Carrey films from the nineteen ninety four came out here in two nineteen ninety five. Oh really? I think so. I'm pretty sure that good at remembering shit. I mean, what's more to say about Toy Story? It's Toy Story. Yeah. Actually, I was wrong because actually, when it came out, it was it was Disney. Then they left Disney and then got went back to them, didn't they? So, well, yeah, well, Pixar was actually created by George Lucas, and it's part Lucas, of Lucasfilm yeah. for a and while. They, Disney, and, so, and they, they got bought by Disney at this point, yeah. Yeah. And then they left them after their picture well, deal. I don't know if them. they bought them or if they just license. They end up just licensing all their films or something, or distributing their films. But I don't know how it quite works out. But um, I know, I know, companies started to use their uh, render man software which was like their innovative software they used to create toy story with and, that, and, and the so- company started to use it and stuff but i don't know where i'm going with this anyway it's fine. i like even about rendering software <laughs> i'm not actually joking i think you can get render man for free now i think it's open really? source now i think so if you do a toy story do you think that would ever be a thing you know how like people like to do kind of Oh, 100%, Soviet era cartoons. That will happen. Do you think yeah, people, people do like, like early yeah, Pixar style looking films? And they'll re, they'll do it in their own image or try and make it like yeah. modern ones or something. I want this to feel like a kind of you know Bugs Life era kind of. Well, film. those those two brothers, I think they completely recreated Toy Story with the actual Toy Story toys. Oh my god. And they <laughs> used the script, yeah. So they completely remade it shot for shot. But it's wow. like, uh, have you ever seen that film? Ah, oh, what's it's called now? Is it like Raided or Raiders or something like that? And it's about oh, these when they friends remade Raiders in the Lost 80s. Ark. They, yeah, they remade Raiders shot for shot, and then they come. 
I think they never filmed one scene where it's like where the head the plane blows up or whatever. So they kind of all get back together to film. Oh, uh, to scene. film it. Yeah, oh, we'll do good. a doc. We'll do a documentary one day called um, Jurassic Bark or whatever. I can't think of a <laughs> pun title, Ollie. <laughs> what about um, my Jurassic Park that I never finished? Yes, that was where I was going with it. <laughs> when I play, I was the only time I ever get to play an, a role in your films. <laughs> Man, when I played a raptor. I was the most hungover I've ever ever been shooting that film that short film <laughs> i was high off the success of our little ghostbusters short i thought oh, i'm onto a winner here and then i spent ages making all the dinosaurs all the props the costumes and then the day before shooting we went to our friend paul's wedding and i got completely and utterly was that the day before wow wasted and like i've never been that drunk in my life i don't think <laughs> It's Jamie's fault for doing rounds, and then you turned up, and I think it was then became even more, more rounds. It just became a complete and utter mess. Oh. Oh, shout out to Paul; he'll have to come on the pod. Actually. I woke up on my settee completely wet on my crotch, and I thought, "Have I pissed myself?" <laughs> but I hadn't. I was holding a glass of water in my hand, and I'd obviously poured it over myself. Oh, I've done that. I, I um, my bed's got like a little shelf above me, so I tend to like stack glasses on it. And now and again, I'm really hung over. I'm like reaching around to find out where, like, drunkly, and put a glass of water. And I've just knocked the whole <laughs> thing over onto me and stuff. Oh, that I have not. You know, and you just feel you look back at those that, that day, and you think, oh, that that was the worst. I'll never want to experience that day again. <laughs> Not Paul's wedding, because I've been told by many accounts it was a good one. It was a great day, yeah. <laughs> I, I, loved, I had a lovely time, I did. Apparently I was dancing a lot. You were always but... dance a lot. It's not... <laughs> Where right, were what's we? next? <laughs> June the 23rd. Uh, opens the 29th as well. It is the newest film in a franchise. Um, yeah. I think it ends up being the top grossing film of the year. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, this is the one that has a second opening. So this is actually not its opening weekend. This is uh, a week later. So it's that big. that It still get up there at number four. Um, okay. Have we spoken about this one already today? We have. It's Batman Forever. It is. With a weird fucking cast. Val Kilmer is such an odd... Apparently, like him and Joel Schumacher just didn't get on. Not surprised. I love Val Kilmer. I just don't see him as Bruce Wayne. We should watch Batman Forever. I have. Apparently, he's like a really weird person. He's really intense, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Tombstone is fucking amazing. In oh, and Heat, Heat he's amazing. amazing in Heat as well. Heat's this year as well. Actually, he is. Um. Oh yeah. Fantastic film. Um, number three opening weekend. That's June the twenty third. So this came. This is this came out the week after uh, Batman Forever. It's Walt Disney. Yeah, that, that's your clue. Well, so ninety four was. It's Lion got... King. So the one after is Pocahontas. Yes, I was yeah. going to say it's got a voice of a well known anti semite in. The Who's cast. in that? It's Mel Gibson, isn't it? It's John Smith. Oh, <laughs> I thought what's it was in that? I thought it was Christian Bale was in. Yeah, Christian Bale's in it as well. Yeah, yeah, he is. He must have been but... quite. 
Oh, I've got a, you know when you get like, you've had a drink and you get that weird bubble in your throat and you're like, whoa, whoa. I just had that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when Ollie's off the leash a little bit. Um, yeah, he was quite young. Must have been quite young in that film. Uh, must have been. Was wasn't his first film that Christopher Columbus film? <laughs> I thought it was uh, the Spielberg film. That's the, I think we're talking about the same one. Wow, well, I'm thinking of. Um, Oh no, I'm wrong. I'm thinking of Conquest of Paradise, which is not no. a Stillberg film. Yeah, You're I'm... thinking of the one with Jim Belushi? <laughs> is that it? No, not 1941 or whatever. No, it's um, it's got John Malkovich in it. Empire of the Sun. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Apparently, those three films just merge into my head. <laughs> it's the same film. I'm kind I've of. Seen I've never film. seen 1940. Is it 1941? That dude, 1940 something. I've never seen it. I've never even heard anyone talk about it at any point. I've, it's in that book I've been reading, Wild and Crazy Guys, because it's got a uh, Dan Aykroyd and um, oh fuck, James it is Belushi. Dan Aykroyd, isn't it? Ned Beatty, John Belushi. They actually don't. They only share one scene together, apparently, in that film. But I still haven't seen it, so I want to want to check it out one day. But apparently, it was like a a massive like misfire for Luke, uh, Spielberg after like. After Jaws, you know, was it? After Jaws and Close Encounters, yeah. At 79, maybe be... we can do it at 79. If we yeah. Okay. Yes, let's do that. And this is... We've done number one, so this is the last one. It's November 10th, 1995. It opens to 37 million, which is insane. It's a Warner Bros. film, and it's a sequel, and it's a comedy. It's a sequel, and it's a comedy? Yeah. Insane opening fucking. So, I was going to say Major Pain, but I'm guessing it's not Major Pain. <laughs> no, it's a different director to the original, um, which is they used to do that a lot with comedy sequels, especially when they want to churn them out a lot. But it's got the same star. Okay. Uh, uh, when did it come out? Sorry, what day? Uh, November tenth. If you tell me the star, will that like... Yeah, you'll know the star. He's in another film this year. Which I think he got paid the most for ever. Oh! Is it Ace Ventura 2? Yeah, when nature calls. <laughs> yes. What an insane opening weekend for a comedy film. 40 million, basically. You know what other film came out that year that we didn't we forgot to mention? What's that? Hackers. Did it? I think so. I think My Hackers God. is... Or it could be the year after. Let's have a look. That yeah, film 19... is amazing, though. 1995 film, yeah. I love that film. I love everything it's... about that film. I love, like, cyberpunk, like, aesthetics. I love, like, the way they, they, they picture people who are into the internet. Yeah, and they, they, uh, they inline skate everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and they all, you know, they all have, like, like colours tube colours and tied to them and like neon <laughs> neon lacy KBS tops modem and... <laughs> fucking love Matthew Lillard I sw- there's a woman in it and I forgot uh, who's the woman is it what, Angelina Jolie Brasco no not her but I swear all her lines are dubbed in the film because it just sounds bizarre and Fisher Stevens is the villain yeah Fisher Stevens the is the villain isn't he play the plague 
Yeah, that's it. The play. I kind of love Fisher Stevens. I kind of do. I know that he played an Indian, and that's the worst <laughs> thing ever. But I did don't they, know. Did they actually paint him, or is because he, he's quite yeah. a darker skin guy anyway, or like a? But I know obviously he's not Asian. No, he's but, not uh, Indian. <laughs> he's great in Lost. Fisher Stevens. Oh yeah, is he one of the guys in the cargo ship? Yeah, yeah. Big fan of that I episode like he's in. Is it the constant? No. I don't know if it's what when he first appears. It's been too long for Lost with me. I've never gone back to revisit it as well. But he he's in it when it gets interesting for me, because like, I like the kind of Desmond stuff. I know Daniel Faraday stuff. You know what we haven't mentioned? Uh, I, Brian I Dennehy died. Uh, yeah. He did. I mean, I know by the time this comes out, it would have been like what three weeks ago. <laughs> And then we also forgot to mention uh, Stuart Gordon died about what would have been will be six weeks now. But oh god, yeah. Well, we're not an, we're not an obituary podcast. No, that's true. But Brian no, Dennehy. I was a big fan of Stuart Gordon's films, like The Reanimator and uh, Yeah From Beyond were two of my favourite like kitschy eighties horror films. Uh, uh, Reanimator's got one of my favourite actors actually. Um, what um, thingy? Oh my god, Jeffrey Coombs. Jeffrey Coombs. But he's in the Frighteners, and he's amazing in the Frighteners. He's he's wonderful, and in Star Trek, he's the best, best. And I met him, and he was lovely. And he was very. Have you nice. met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the few Star Trek people I've actually met and had a chat to. How was Picard, by the way? Because hasn't that finished now? Yeah, it's, well, it finished ages ago now. But yeah, it was. It's wonderful, and it made me cry. And really? I told my friend, I told my friend Robin that it made me cry, and she went, "Well, you cry everything." So that was. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> like, Right, we've been going for two hours and four minutes. I mean, I know a, a good 30 minutes of that is probably silence while we're trying to figure out our technical issues. You want, but... I just wanted to say, you said about the person being dubbed the whole film. Oh, yeah. Loads of Keith David in this felt like it was um, looped oh, to me. There was a scene in the car where Keith David yeah. and the main character are talking in the car. and it is set. I've got it in my notes. It looked looped. <laughs> it looked really badly looped, yeah. I was just like, did they change the dialogue or something? It's that bad. I, it's probably because they were driving and you can obviously see cars either side of them and the sound yeah. wasn't right and it's just too noisy so they had to re-loop it. So, But I mean, it's a common thing. Most films in Hollywood are loops, like every film, because you're in either a real location or, like for example, Lord of the Rings, I think that studio is right next to a, an airport. So all those films are completely loops, but you won't, you don't notice, I didn't notice because, that. because the actors are good and they know what they're doing and the sound people are good and they know what they're doing. Sometimes it, when when it's noticeable though, it's really noticeable. When it's when it's kind yeah. of sometime when it's done badly, maybe is the way to like, put it. Like Garth Marenghi. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know how long it took me to find out um, Richard Aoudi was the same person as Garth Marenghi, and then Richard Aoudi later? <laughs> do you know he directed all those as well, the Garth Marenghi episode? No, I didn't. No. But it That's just amazing. proves how good of a director he is and he's wasted on fucking Travel Man and... Oh, I hate that he just got turned into a boring Crystal fucking Man Channel is. 4 boring person. I, yeah, like, the his films we, are really We waste good. British talent. We absolutely waste British talent in this country. We just yeah, shove right. them into this easy-to-make-money system and on TV and it's fucking sad. Like, it's like Submarine was so good and even the double was good and it's just like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love Submarine a lot. I thought it was wonderful. 
the same thing I think the same thing about David Mitchell he fucking wrote Cloud Atlas and that's I love the film Cloud Atlas and that's it that's kind of it like, it's not the save David Mitchell it is isn't it if it's no. not I'm cut I'm pretty sure it's not let me have a look if it's no it isn't it isn't the same guy cutting this out <laughs> I'm not cutting that out I'm cutting that out <laughs> Who's, what did David Mitchell do that I like then? He has Wait, got does... something coming out soon, I think, that looks interesting. I'm sure he wrote a novel that's really good. Maybe it's, it's partly Cloud Atlas I'm thinking of then. Well, it's not Cloud Atlas, because it's a different fucking David Mitchell. I don't know. Well, there we started <laughs> to a stop. Anyway, so what are we talking about next week then? We're not, it's Leon. the end of the podcast, that was it. It's the, it's the, it's the end. <laughs> you kickling. I don't so know what we'll do next week because I've lost my spreadsheet. <laughs> like... I was trying to find that spreadsheet. I couldn't find. I found the old one, not the newer one. Okay, Liam. So, what are we watching next week? Okay, next week we're going to suburbia with our friend Richard Linknator, um, yeah. which is his follow-up to Slacker. No, no it's his follow-up before. No, no, it's before Sunrise. Oh, is that was that after? Yeah, after before the. Dip, dip, dip. So it's Slacker, Days Confused, Before Sunrise, and then this. And I've never heard anyone talk about this film, frankly. Hang on, I'm going to burp. I'm very sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the worst episode I've ever done. (laughs) No, it won't be. Once I've edited all the shit out, it'll be a good one. (laughs) No, that's staying in. Right, okay. So are you done? I'm done. Okay, so... Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Adjust Your Track with a, a YR, not a your. Um, we're also on uh, the Apple Podcast app now. We're on Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe. That'd be great. And don't forget, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking. <laughs>